Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm uh, back with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Hello. Welcome, Rocky. How hey. are you doing? Good. Uh, we were just talking about how good it is to do these recordings sitting next to each other instead mm-hmm. of through Zoom or whatever. It's, uh, and the sound's so much better, too. The, the sound quality's way better. Um, but uh, today's topic, uh, I would we would label it uh, a divine perspective, I think, is the title of our podcast today. And we were just Rocky. You, you're you had a great journey group last year, and you wanted to keep encouraging the guys, so you're taking them through Compelled by Grace. Yeah, a lot of you all out there may not know. There's a a great little book that uh, is kind of sometimes a secret, but because it's not part of the journey curriculum, but you wrote it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a follow up to Journey There in Chamber, right? right? And kind tell of a gap. Yeah, tell them why you wrote that real quick while we're talking about it. Well, it's kind of a synopsis of the book is it continues the story of Gabe, the narrator, uh, goes back and buys the farm that Gabe was on. And uh, and uh, and then he uh, eventually would live there. And during that time that he was at this farm, he found some tremendous, interesting stories, more about Gabe uh, and then also people in the valley. That were that had been influenced by him, and then the influence they had uh, throughout their time there. And it's a, it is a it's an interesting story with a lot of different characters, and I enjoyed writing that. But it was a del- a delivery system, and that's uh, the reason I wrote it. Is that there's a when our groups come out, there's a, a lot of times there's a gap between they can when they can go through it again to lead one or whatever. And, uh, and they want to stay together. And so this is a 13-week review of the book with a workbook. And in that, there are 13 kingdom secrets that are revealed. Mm. Uh, and, and the scriptures, the theology on it, but it's weaved into the story. So there, there's human drama in there to see how it works. And so it hammers it home. Mm. But I tell the guys uh, and, and, and all who go through, the guys and gals, that um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to show you through these uh, kingdom secrets how God began to reach to you even way before you realized it. Mm. And then as we began to unpack these kingdom secrets and they make application, then they began to see that God really did begin to come after them way before they ever knew him, mm. showing himself to them, showing his love, showing his power. And when we begin to reflect on those things, Brian, it, it inevitably causes us to love him more. Mm. And because we see his love is greater than we perceived. And then that draws us near. And that's our objective in Influencers is to draw people, the family of God, close to, to Jesus. Yeah, and, and we were talking about the, the longer you go on the journey, it's easier to look back and you can see God's fingerprints mm-hmm. on your life. Um, I've got young daughters. At, I was, we were talking about my, my do- two of my oldest daughters are looking for jobs right now, and and I'm trying to tell them, I think God has a plan. He, he, there's somewhere he wants you. 
because it's some places can be better for you and there may be someone you're supposed to meet or something you're supposed to do and mm-hmm. and uh, and trying to give them a divine perspective about that and they're like oh dad you know <laughs> well the being 76 years old I have a divine retrospective <laughs> you know I look back in retrospect and that's 2020 mm-hmm. I can see what really happened uh, but even uh, with the remaining life that I have I have to look to the future with the eyes of the soul which is faith. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the details of the plans, but I know they're going to be good because God said, I know my plans for you and they're good. And so do I believe that? Mm-hmm. And will I, will I get into the flow of that? Now, the earlier we get into the, the, the acceptance of that and building our life on that, the earlier we begin to find that peace that, that evades us in our younger days. God does have a, a divine plan laid out for us. Mm. Um, and, and when you go through your life and look back, you'll understand that is true. Mm. And, and those of us who have seen that should always be reaching back and helping others who are going through current struggles to, to encourage them to hang in there. God has a plan. Just continue to trust him, continue to look to him, continue to rely on him, and he will lead you. Mm. Now, a lot of our wrestling match that we have is disobedience, uh, trying to drive our life and control our life rather than getting under the control of God. And I think that this is one of the, the, the things that I learned earlier on, that I was probably my worst enemy in trying to make my life be what I wanted it to be rather than allowing God to make my life what he wanted it to be. Mm. And incidentally, when it started becoming what he wanted, I, it was the life that I desired. Mm. So, you know, it's just part of that early, early years your daughters are going through. Everybody, everybody goes through and I hope that they'll find it early. <laughs> well, we were, we were talking about a divine perspective and I was thinking, I, one of my, I, this morning, just this morning in my quiet time, God had me in Acts 17 and it's a story when Paul was in, in Greece and he was seeing all their statues and, and, and then he gets to speak to some of the leaders and he says, because uh, he saw a statue that said to an unknown God. And he said, this God you're calling unknown, let me tell you who he is. You know, and he gives this little dissertation and he talks about um, that God. um, Let me read it real quick here. Here it is. He says, um, the God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Not he's not served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives all mankind life and breath and everything. From one man, he made every nation of man to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. And so it's to me, it's like he he determined where Rocky, that you were going to be in Bentonville and I, you know, where I was going to be and the exact times and places like our kind of goes along with Psalm 139, too, that he determines all the days of our life, you know. Do you truly believe that? I do. Do you embrace it? I do. Then that's a divine perspective. Mm. That gives you an outlook. That gives you a perspective about life. It'll give you a perspective about your future, too. Mm. Because if he's proven himself already to you at your age, which is relatively young compared to me. Thank you for saying that. You're right. <laughs> and you'll get younger as I get older. <laughs> uh, but the, the truth is, is that... Um, 
I think that the Lord is wanting us to begin seeing through things through his eyes rather than our eyes. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very, very limited. Uh, and, and I think that's part of the, the thing that he's teaching us more and more and more about what he can do and will do if we will trust him. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it opens opens a door for us to enter into a place of peace. And, and not having to have it all figured out. Just walking with open hands, like, Lord, what do you have? Uh, Frank Khalil, our leader in Tulsa, likes to say, Lord, give me some divine appointments today. Yeah. You know, just what would seem like chance meetings with people or whatever, but he, you know they're not chance. Yeah. They're divine. Well, with my Compelled by Grace group, uh, even today, we're going uh, going through divine, uh, the divine perspective. But last week, it was divine orchestration. Mm-hmm. It's orchestrating events, people, all the other things that, it put put things in place, and then the the divine perspective leads into some other kingdom secrets uh, that we will discuss later. But each one of them is building a a platform, I guess you say, or foundations, layers of foundations of understanding that, uh, biblically, theologically, and then embracing them in our hearts so we begin to really believe it and, and accept it. Mm-hmm. So. Um Another uh, kind of along the same lines, but uh, we always go back to John 15 mm-hmm. because um, we're, we're always trying to figure out what does it mean to abide? I think I think that's always a question everybody is trying to understand. Uh, is it? And again, we we're always quick to tell people it's not your quiet time in the morning, your your 30 minutes that you spend with the Lord. I mean, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. That's more of a seeking. But then abiding is an all day it's a life. It's a lifestyle almost, don't you think? Well, abide is translated as remain. Remain, yeah. So it's a constant. Kind of walking with the Holy Spirit throughout your day. And if you do that, you'll get divine inspiration. You'll yeah. get divine perspective. You'll get appointments. And- well, from a theological standpoint, he is in us all day, whether we recognize him or not. Right. He is with us. But the aspect is when he comes to, into our life at our point of conversion, he begins to abide with us. But the issue is now, he, there are two parts to that. It says, if I abide in you and you abide in me. Yeah. So we have to do our part in abiding in him. And so that is, uh, that, that is discipleship right there. And that is discovering the things that are hindering that abiding relationship. Uh, abandoning those and then embracing that which he has given us that moves us closer to him. He's there. And, you know, we might be in great turmoil during the day. uh, And and what are we doing? We're fighting that turmoil rather than asking him to enter into it and help us. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've struggled with dealing with something that I was trying to control the outcome and was being frustrated like crazy. And I just stop and just say, Lord, I need help. I'm sorry I hadn't asked for it before now, but. Ask him, show me the way out of this. Show me what I need to see. What am I not seeing here? And it's been amazing that when I've done that, how it's come. It's come. The the perspective that I needed was given to me when I was willing to seek it, come to a point of realizing that I was fighting it. I was trying to control the outcome. And I just think the Lord was waiting. He's saying, okay, just go ahead and go with that as long as you want to. And then finally, when you figure it out that you can't get it done, turn to me and I'm here. Yeah. And that's kind of the way we are in life. We have him walking with us and going with us everywhere we go. 
and yet we're forgetting that. But he's there. So learning how to uh, remember him there is the act of abiding all the time. That's our part. Well, you're, my, you're, you're making me think about um, when somebody's sick, you know, and seriously sick, and they go to the doctor and they do all these tests. And, and a lot of times, if it's a real grim diagnosis, it gets to a point where the doctors will even say, or other people will say, well, there's nothing left to do but pray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, and again, we're, I'm not anti-medicine. You aren't either. And doctors and all that, they've helped you a lot. And <laughs> But shouldn't prayer be the first thing we do? Well, and, and honestly, I think that there is a, we need to do it ahead of time, Brian. Oftentimes we're, we're, we get to an emergency, then we pray. But why wait? Why not go ahead and begin this this pilgrimage with him in intimacy and and that abiding before problems occur. Mm-hmm. I uh, I did have a situation where I had a grim diagnosis, and this was in 1997, and there was a my my femur uh, had fallen, and it and, and for six months I had a lot of pain in it, and finally they said let's. You know, they thought it was something like physical therapy, correct, and muscle tear and all that. But finally, said, let's do a sir, do an X-ray. And radiologist came out and he says, "Mr. Fleming, I, I, I don't know how to tell you this. I have to give you some really bad news." He said half of your femur has been eaten away by a lesion, and uh, at your age, this is likely metastasized from somewhere else. And this is an example of a divine perspective, okay? Uh, and I'm not putting myself up as an example. I'm just saying I was a seeker. And the first thing came out of my mind, out of my lips were, well, doctor, um, it might be bad news, but I know this, that not one minute of my life will be taken from me unless God says it's time. So, you know, this is, not a surprise to him. Mm. And this doctor paused and looked at me and he said, are you a Christian? I said, I am. He says, you have really helped my faith today. Mm. And I hadn't seen him since then, by the way. I don't even remember his name. But, you know, that was the divine perspective that I had at that point, And it was fostered ahead of time because I had a, was abiding in him. I was had already consecrated my life to him. I said, all I am is, is yours. You know, take me, use me however you want. And uh, and when you sign that over, then you sign over your body, your future, everything about you, you give it to him and say, it's yours. And then the news that come is no surprise to him. And, and the scripture says, I'll not fear sudden news. Hmm. And that's what happened. I didn't fear sudden news because I felt like my God is sovereign. He is on point. And sure enough, uh, it was not as bad as as he as he had forecast, but it was a cancer. And it was uh, and it half my femur had been eaten and it had to be repaired. And uh, and that uh, that was what since 1997, <laughs> you know, 24 years ago. You've lived quite a bit of life since then. Huh? I have even better. Yeah. Because you see, this is where the changes began to occur uh, in my life. It began changing my perspective about me and my pursuits 
to uh, being able to listen to him. Because look, Brian, in our pain, God's uh, voice is a megaphone to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I, I want to know his voice before I have to cry out and pound my chest with fear. Mm. I want to go ahead and get to know that voice that is that brings me to him because of love, his love for me and my love for him. And when we get into that, we will not fear sudden news. Yeah, yeah, we could have it any day now coming at us that there's a death or there's a sickness or there's great turmoil. But my God is sovereign. He's in control and I'll trust him. Can, can I say it this way? You can't kill a dead man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've been crucified with Christ, if you really, you know, this consecration you're talking yeah. about is, and you know, and it sounds all churchy and lofty, I guess, but there's just such a truth to that. You know, I, I mean, of dying to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we fully understand what that means, but I think that's what you're, to me, what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't, you know, I think churchy and lofty is more theoretical. Right. But I think when you're down in the, you down on your back. It's not theory now. Right. Okay. This is where it really, it really counts. This is where faith is going to, to be your strength. Trust is even be even more so. Entrust that which I fear to him who is able. Mm. That is where it comes off of my back and it's carried by him. Mm. And so this is a divine perspective. Uh, the divine perspective is fostered in our intimacy with him. Well, and I, I was talking about John 15, and there's a verse that you and I have both been thinking about lately, and it's verse 7 of that chapter. And it said, and Jesus it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty strong statement. Yeah, it is. And, you know, this is the, the he changed the narrative there, by the way. Um, he, before he was saying, you know, if, if you abide in me and I abide in you. But now he's saying, if my word abides in you. Yeah. And so uh, people say, well, you know, you emphasize so much the intimate relationship with Christ and, and you know, it's about the relationship, but you, but are you saying that the study of the word of God and the theology is not, I mean, it's not as imp- not important. And then the answer is no, it's essential because we can't get there to see the, the, the word of God is the map. Mm-hmm. to the person of the incarnate word, which is Jesus. The map is not to be worshiped, but Jesus is to be. Mm-hmm. And so, but what he is saying is that his word is consistent with him. His word walks us into a relationship with him. His word keeps us within the boundaries and you know, all of our journey groups, we tell them up front, look, we're not we're not here to to get into philosophy at all. That's that stays outside the boundaries here. Our boundaries are going to be all within theology. And any theology you want to discuss, that's fine. But our interest is helping you learn how to self-feed so you can learn what you believe about certain doctrines, as an example. We are never doctrinally driven with one denomination over another, we're asking our guys and gals to be self-feeders, to learn what Scripture says, learn, let it penetrate your heart, and let it resonate there and guide you. We're not trying to indoctrinate. We're trying to move them to intimacy with Christ where they can gain a perspective that He will give them. 
But you see, the, the Word of God there gives us the divine perspective. That's the theology. All the things that we've talked about so far has to do with theology. But now there's a, there's, that is a condition now. But the benefit of that is what Jesus then said. Ask anything and I'll do it for you. Mm. If, if, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then ask what you will and be given to you. And I don't believe that we can ask wrongly when we abide in him and when the scriptures guide us. Mm. Uh, I think that we could be full of selfish prayers, and I think we could ask amiss. And that's what James says. You ask amiss. Right, yeah. Right? You're doing it for your own selfish pleasures, your own selfish needs. You don't have a divine perspective here. But then as we get into a close proximity with him, we get his perspective. Then we began to understand that there are things that, that he wants us to pray for as an example. I told y'all um, last Monday when I read that and we're discussing it in our staff meeting that uh, I I think sometimes I'm leaving a lot of things on the table and Jesus saying, why aren't you asking more? Mm. And um, I don't know. That's a, that's a question I have to, you know, pray through. But there are certain things that I do know that God is very important to him. And one is that he wants his family to be healthy. Um, he wants his family to make disciples. And that's what this ministry is all about, is making disciples, moving them into close proximity with him, in, entering into an intimate relationship with him. Well, I believe with all my heart, Brian, that that is what he wants. He wants that for me. He wants that for his family, the church. So... I believe that the Lord asked to say to us, ask big. I want to help you here. Hmm. And so I think that's what we're starting to understand, that maybe we just need to be a little bit more aggressive in our asking here. Hmm. Like in you know, our, the, the, the regional center that's developing down in Costa Rica mm -hmm. with Henry is that, uh, you know, this guy has a, a, he has a heart for Latin America. And Costa Rica could very well be an epicenter for the dispersion of the journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, and through the numerous churches and pastors that he ministers to. And so we're asking big on that. And I think that, that uh, you know, Tom C. Is, has developed our Zoom technology uh, emphasis here. Uh, and uh, not he hadn't, he hadn't developed the technology. He just brought it to us and it emphasized it. And, yeah. But he's asking big for Africa because mm -hmm. we have several uh, nations in Africa where we have journey groups that are going on. And um, and this great thing about it is we have somebody from Houston that's part of that uh, leading, and then there's somebody else coming from different areas around. And we're connecting with people all over through this new means of dispersion mm. of the journey. And, uh, and I think that we're given an opportunity to to ask big uh, to make disciples in a broader way. And then we need to ask and watch and see what God does. Mm. Again, it's taking us beyond our what I can do for God perspective to what God can do through me perspective. 
mm. divine perspective. So it's the the abiding, and I think I agree with that. I mean, it's scriptural, but <clears throat> from my experience, I feel like the more I'm in touch with Jesus and close with Jesus, my prayers change, mm-hmm. and and it tends to be prayers for others mm-hmm. less than about myself. I mean, I still, I'm sure, I ask some selfish prayers occasionally, but uh, I tend to think when I'm in the Spirit, I'm more thinking of others and and out of love, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people that I want to find salvation or people that I want God to heal heal them or meet their needs or or whatever. And it seems that he seems that he likes to answer prayers for other people better than when we're asking prayers for ourselves. It seems to me anyway. There's a, I hadn't figured this out now, okay? I'm just not me sharing my dirty laundry here. <laughs> but um, there's a place of trusting that um, I think I find sometimes I don't really have to have words. And I do believe that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for me. That's theology, by the way. But then there are times that the Lord does put somebody on my mind or something on my mind that he's inviting me to speak to him about. Uh, I do see many, many answered prayers. And I, and, I, and I do agree with you there. I think the Lord wants to demonstrate to us that he hears our prayers, that he wants us to be reminded that he is here. Ask, ask, mm. um, aggressively ask. And that's where he's kind of tuning me up in my prayers now to that I have been in this deep trusting state of, of in that um, place of, of uh, listening, reading the scriptures, reflecting on it, praying through those, letting him teach me, train me in a divine perspective. But I think he's asking me now to maybe be a little bit more aggressive in my asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, we've seen him, uh, answer prayers. I mean, just specific prayers, you know, like we needed a shipping coordinator and within a day he sent the right person. You know, he just, yeah. he, he does things. He's showing us that he's yeah. there. What One prayer that I found uh, that God likes to answer is when you ask for some encouragement. He just likes to encourage his kids. Yeah. And when you ask for encouragement, I've seen him just give specific, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I have said, you know, hey, let's pray for encouragement and then let's text each other if God if you get a sign of that. And boy, it's like he loves to give like us encouragement. That. Yeah, I like that. That's a good prayer request, I think. Um, My wife is a, has a gift of intercessory prayer, and she has this prayer list, and she writes down all these things. And she puts me to shame. I write the prayer book, and she, she, <laughs> she lives it out. But, you know, again, the, there's so many ways that we pray, pray and, there's, and the giftedness that we have with some people, I mean, James was called Camel Knees. Do you know that? That was his nickname. Uh, and the reason why is he spent so much of his time on, on his knees in prayer. Yeah. And and I think that Sally could be Camel Knees if she could get down. <laughs> <laughs> but she is definitely a, a prayer warrior. Mm. And there's a thing called gift projection that we talk about, and that is somebody has, has a really strong gift, and, and we compare ourselves to them, and we don't feel like we're measuring up and thank goodness the Lord has told me that that's not your gift Mm. Uh, and uh, operate within your gift. But that's why I struggle a little bit, but she doesn't. She, she goes to town with it Mm. and thank goodness for her. She's held our arms up and lifted our heads up and been there for us in so many ways that I couldn't even, 
I don't even know them because she's mm-hmm. she's always on her knees for us. But and I had a mother that um, she always her favorite words is I'm so anxious about what's going on with you. And I said, Mama, the word says don't be anxious. And she says, Well, that's not what it means to me. It means I need to pray. Mm-hmm. And and so I, that was the message I got is that sometimes the Lord lays something on somebody in such a strong way that they're driven to their knees to pray for somebody because something's going on. They don't know what it is, but Lord, I'm taking my son to you. I don't know what he's going through right now, but I, I'm praying for him. Mm. ask you to help him. And so I think that her prayer life was very strong because she spent time with Jesus. Mm. You know, I, I was talking to Missy about all the, just just the excitement in the ministry, all the expansion, all these new opportunities, the Costa Rica, the Africa, just all these things. And, and she just said, you know, it doesn't surprise me a bit because you guys spend so much time in prayer. Mm-hmm. You have your week, your weekly prayer meetings every Tuesday. You've been faithful for yeah. years to pray for this ministry. You, every meeting you have is bathed in prayer before and during, and you guys have a global prayer team that's, that's holding your arms up. I mean, she said, doesn't surprise me a bit. Yeah. And I just loved it when she said that. And, and I, I love that too, Brian. And the thing that I also love is that when you have a, a an organization, I hate to say that about influencers, I feel like we're an organism. Mm-hmm. But let's just say it that way. If you have a ministry that is representing our king, then what we need to understand that we're ordinary men and women, ordinary men and women, who are representing the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator mm. of all things. And if we are going to represent him well, then we've got to do so with his spirit freely moving through us Mm. because we will always be limited by what we can do for him. But he is never limited by what he can do through us. And what we're wanting to do is we want want to be a part of something that he builds, not what man builds. That's right. And the other part of the organism is that is reproducing. It's reproducing not only the ministry as it expands outward, but it's helping other ministries, not of, not of uh, uh, influencers or that even use the journey, but the emphasis on prayer. We've seen the prayer cottage as an example used in different denominations that would never embrace the journey, but it's blessing them because they're learning to pray mm. in a more in- intimate fashion, and so. The, I think that there, there are components that we, you know, that we can look at that say, well, there's this aspect, and that's journaling. There's the aspect of, you know, our, our model, uh, our emphasis, our vertical orientation, and off of those are there things that bless people, like when they get in touch with the fact they got an orphan spirit. Yeah. And they get freed up from that as an example, or they have a better explanation of what it means to abide in Christ and the things that get in the way of that, or learning to pray. Mm. All of those are components. When they're blended together, it, it creates somewhat of a whole, uh, healthy soul in a person. Mm. But along the way, they're not necessarily all together in one person, but there are aspects of them that does help a person. And God is divinely orchestrating what's going to happen in that person's life. 
We're kind of like Johnny Appleseeds. We just share the message, mm. plant the seeds, and let him nurture them. Mm. Well, our, our time's up, Rocky, but as we close, I was just thinking about, you're talking about reproduction. I was just thinking about all the journey groups that will be graduating here this month. Mm-hmm. May's always a time of commencements and all that. So um, our prayer is always that some of these people who figured this out or started learning about an abiding relationship with Christ will pay it forward or, yeah. or reach back and bring others with them yeah. and go help form another journey group because there's people they can reach that nobody else could reach. Yeah. Even if you tried to reach them, you couldn't because they have the the contacts yeah. and, and the, the yeah. relational equity. So so we just pray that God will just keep raising up more leaders and uh, so that they can help other people because there's so many people who need to understand this stuff. And the other thing is they help themselves. Yeah, that's right. You know, you talked about the, the, the praying for encouragement. There's another aspect of that too, and that is that I, uh, I feel like that I'm encouraged when I encourage somebody else. Yeah. Because God comes back and encourages me, and I've seen that to be consistent as well. Yeah. And so... I, I do believe the truth is is that when we pay, take somebody through the journey and they learn to abide in Christ, that that is only the beginning entry into that intimate relationship with Christ. There's so much more beyond the entry of the door. Mm-hmm. It's so much deeper and more to be discovered, more to be found, but it's going to be found with helping other people find what they're finding. Yeah. Yeah. The journey of the inner chamber story didn't end when the door shut and he went inside the inner chamber. Yeah. He, he came out and went and grabbed his horse and went go find some more refugees and take them back through the process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and that we forget that sometimes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Rocky. I think that's uh, it has been a good encouragement today. And thank you for your words and your perspective. Uh, and uh, you guys may want to pick up a copy of Compelled by Grace. If you haven't ever read that, it's a really good story and, and a great like he said, a way to take your journey groups who are kind of in a period of waiting for the next season uh, be a good thing to go to through with your groups. So anyway, also be praying for the ministry. Be praying for uh, all these people graduating that uh, some of them will go and pay it forward. Also uh, pray for a little campaign we've got on the on social media where we are offering the Arabic copy of Journey to the Inner Chamber and Prayer Cottage for free download to Arabic people out there in di- different Arabic countries. And and Rocky had a real heart to, to share that with perhaps Christians that are living in those countries that would love to read it in their own language. So uh, we don't know what God's going to do with that, but we're asking big and just uh, leave it up to God. So anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast and and uh, you can find out uh, other other uh, episodes that we've had if you go to our website, influencers.org, or you can go to uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, uh, Google, Spotify, all those things. We're out there on all those different platforms. But I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.